Hello, friend. Welcome to the Whole Word Podcast. This is Pastor Pitts Evans. On this podcast, we read and discuss one chapter of God's Word per episode. Let's go now to the Bible and see what the Lord has for us today. Today I'm going to be reading from Romans chapter 13. But before I begin, I want to review a little bit of what we've talked about in the book of Romans. In chapter 1, we spoke of Paul's gospel and how it dealt with the fact that Jesus was the Messiah, the Son of God, and he had been alive, crucified, buried, and raised from the dead, that his gospel included all of these aspects. In addition to the aspects of his gospel, Paul presented this concept that the just shall live by their faith. In other words, we're justified by our faith in Christ and not through any other means. It's very important because Paul develops that throughout the course of the book of Romans. In chapter 2, he made it very clear that the gospel was intended to go to the Jew first in every city that he went to. Paul would go to the synagogues first, and if he was well-received, he would remain there preaching Christ Jesus in the context of Judaism. If he was rejected by the local synagogue, he would move on to minister to the Gentiles. But it was always to the Jew first. In chapter 3, once again, the just are approved by God according to their faith, justified by faith. In verse 28 of Romans 3, for we maintain that a person is justified by faith, So once again, Paul's justification by faith. I think I pointed out that the term justified in Paul's day was an accounting term, meant that the balances or the two columns of pluses and minuses were balanced. They were justified and that our lives are only justified by the righteousness of Christ on one side of the equation. Our own righteousness does not balance out our our misdeeds. Only the righteousness of Christ does. In chapter 4, we talked about the fact that Abraham is the father of our faith for both Jew and Gentile alike, and he was credited with righteousness because he believed God. So by faith, Abraham apprehended the victory of the cross and the righteousness of Jesus Christ. In chapter 5, we spoke of original sin, how that Adam's sin had brought sin into the world, and by that one sin, all of mankind had been separated from God. But by the second Adam, Jesus Christ, uh, living a, a sinless life and dying a sacrificial atoning death, God's free gift of salvation had come to mankind through the one man, Christ Jesus. So just as sin came to all mankind through one man, righteousness and salvation came to all mankind through one man, the man, Christ Jesus. In chapter 6, we spoke of our baptism and the fact that we are, are buried with Christ in baptism and resurrected with Christ by faith in our baptism, that is symbolic of our death, burial, and resurrection. But more than that, more than just the symbolism, it's our it's the death and burial of our old Adamic nature, and we are raised new creations in Christ in our new Jesus-centered Holy Spirit nature. In chapter 7, we spoke of the inner man how the inner man loves God, desires God, hungers for the things of God, pursues God, but the the old nature or the outer man is in conflict with the inner man all the days of our lives. And so our job as believers is to cultivate the inner man and to give the inner man every encouragement to dominate and to resist the flesh nature, the old nature, and in so doing, we strengthen the inner man. Chapter 8, we spoke of living life in the Holy Spirit, 
that we're to be led by the Spirit of, of God and not led by our old nature or led by our carnal desires, but led by the Spirit, directed by the Holy Spirit. And then chapters 9 through 11, we talked about Paul's great love and God's great love for the Jewish people. We spoke of the fact that God is not done with his Jewish people, that salvation is available to the Jews in all generations, and ultimately there will be a corporate salvation of the Jews that we only dimly understand, but it's alluded to consistently throughout the scriptures. Paul made the explicit statement, all Israel shall be saved. And so the the determination of all Israel is left up to God. What that means exactly, time will tell. But Paul wanted us to know, and I also want all the listening audience to know, that God loves the Jewish people, that Jesus was a Jew, Paul was a Jew. All of the writers of the New Testament, with the possible exception of Luke, were Jews. And salvation has come down to us through the Jews. By virtue of their stewardship of the things of God, salvation was extended to the Gentiles of the world, and we owe them a great uh, debt of gratitude because of that. We also owe them our unconditional love. I spoke about unconditional love, uh, meaning that it's not contingent upon someone doing what you desire for them to do. And so you and I as Christians may desire for the Jews to recognize Jesus as the Messiah. We believe he is the Messiah and the Son of God. But whether they recognize Jesus as the Messiah and the Son of God or not, we're to love them unconditionally, that our love is not to be contingent on them agreeing with us as to who Jesus is. And then chapter 12 that we just read prior to this chapter we're reading today, we talked about the body of Christ and our corporate identity as part of the body of Christ, that we've each been given individual gifts uh, that we're to use for the good of the body of Christ. We talked about sharing, prophesying, teaching, showing mercy, giving, these types of things. Each of us as individuals have strengths and weaknesses, and we're to use the gifts that we've been given to strengthen the body of Christ at large. We're to zealously pursue the things of God and exercise our gifts at every opportunity that we have. Now today, I'm reading from the New International Version, Romans chapter 13. Let everyone be subject to the governing authorities, for there is no authority except that which God has established. The authorities that exist have been established by God. Consequently, Whoever rebels against the authority is rebelling against what God has instituted, and those who do so will bring judgment on themselves. For rulers hold no terror for those who do right, but for those who do wrong. Do you want to be free from fear of the one in authority? Then do what is right, and you will be commended. For the one in authority is God's servant for your good. But if you do wrong, be afraid." For rulers do not bear the sword for no reason. They are God's servants, agents of wrath, to bring punishment on the wrongdoer. Therefore, it is necessary to submit to the authorities, not only because of possible punishment, but also as a matter of conscience. This is also why you pay taxes, for the authorities are God's servants, who give their full-time governing. Give to everyone what you owe them. If you owe taxes pay taxes. If revenue, then revenue. If respect, then respect. If honor, then honor. 
Let no debt remain outstanding except the continuing debt to love one another. For whoever loves others has fulfilled the law. The commandments, you shall not commit adultery, you shall not murder, you shall not steal, you shall not covet, and whatever other command there may be, are summed up in this one command. Love your neighbor as yourself. Love does no harm to a neighbor. Therefore, love is the fulfillment of the law. And do this, understanding the present time, the hour has already come for you to wake up from your slumber, because our salvation is nearer now than when we first believed. The night is nearly over, the day is almost here. So let us put aside the deeds of darkness and put on the armor of light. Let us behave decently, as in the daytime, not in carousing and drunkenness, not in sexual immorality and debauchery, not in dissension and jealousy. Rather, clothe yourselves with the Lord Jesus Christ, and do not think about how to gratify the desires of the flesh. I live in the Washington, D.C. metro region, and politics is a great subject of discussion. Everyone has an opinion about those who are in authority in our government, some uh, favorable opinions, some negative opinions, depending on who it is we're talking about and who's doing the talking. But the Bible says in Romans chapter 13, verse 1, let everyone be subject to the governing authorities, for there is no authority except that which God has established. The And he goes on to say, the authorities that exist have been established by God. And if that's the truth, friends, and it is the truth because it's in the Word of God, then we need to be careful how we speak about those authorities that God has established. I don't care whether you're Republican, Democrat, Independent, um, whatever label you want to put on yourself. The authorities that are established have been established by God. No authority exists that has not been established by God. You can read that any way you want to. But the way that I read it, those that are in governmental authority are uh, answerable to God Almighty. And so we as believers, we as Christians, need to pray for those in authority. If the hearts of God's people are right toward God, then God will cause the leaders, those in governmental authority, to do what's right. Conversely, if the hearts of the people are not right toward God, then God will cause the leaders to do things that bring judgment on the people. Paul goes on to tell us in verse 7, Give to everyone what you owe them. If you owe taxes, pay taxes. So let's just pause there for a second. Some Christians think that they should not have to pay taxes to an unjust government. But Paul says very clearly, if you owe taxes, pay taxes. And so as Christians, we're not authorized by God to avoid the payment of federal income tax or state taxes. In verse 10, Paul says, Love does no harm to a neighbor. Therefore, love is the fulfillment of the law. This is consistent with the words of Christ in the Gospels, that we are to love one another. Uh, We must demonstrate love like Jesus did and live honorably with all men. We're to behave decently um, in all situations. We're to clothe ourselves with the righteousness of Christ and the love of Christ, and we're to extend love and mercy to those around us. Lord, uh, just take a moment to pray for those that are the governing authorities over us now. I pray for our president. I pray for our senators, our Congress, the Supreme Court. I pray for the governors of the states, the mayors of the cities, the city councils, the school boards, all of those that are in authority, Lord, 
Lord, you have established these authorities so that we might have peaceful, orderly societies. And we pray, Lord, that your people's hearts would be turned towards you and that you would turn the governing authorities to your will. Lord, that they would do your will now. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening to this episode of The Whole Word. It was brought to you by Whole Word Fellowship and the Northern Virginia House of Prayer. If you were encouraged, please share our podcast with your friends. We'd also appreciate it if you'd hit subscribe in your favorite podcast app and take a few moments to write a review. If you'd like more information on our church and our ministry, you can go to wholeword.net or wholewordpodcast.com for more information. Thank you again, and may the Lord Jesus bless you today and always.